athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Tell him I need a rider. Got a shooter and I got a driver. And when that hit, I'm the only provider. Little Thank you for joining me on Box to Row Radio. Also Sirius XM, channels 141, 142, and 84. I'm going to tell you what. You look at the NBA, and I say this, and it seems to kind of rev up every year with the NBA, especially around this time. We had, of course, the NBA draft on Thursday. But as equal a story as the NBA draft, because generally you'll have the NBA draft and it'll be coupled, you know, the next couple of weeks by free agency and then we'll have free agency. But you have the Kevin, the excuse me, the Kyrie Irving situation, which now Kevin Durant, a lot of speculation about Kevin Durant and his future with the Brooklyn Nets also uh, also in tow with Kyrie Irving and his situation and future with the Brooklyn Nets. It's a lot going on. The NBA, I mean, we, we've been talking about the NBA from the time of the end of the regular season. And when I say talking about the NBA, I mean talking about it constantly from about March, mid-March, all the way until now, we are towards the latter part of the month of June, and then we're going to be talking about it into July. Then it'll cool down for a little bit, and then we'll get uh, back into as free agency plays itself out, and then we will get back uh, into talking about the NBA for the upcoming season, which begins in October. So while... The National Football League is more popular. It's because the games are so important in the National Football League. It's a week-to-week deal. Generally, during the football season, all you're talking about is football. That's why it takes a little bit of time. And I would say the same thing as it relates to college football. We'll talk about college football for the whole season, even though college basketball begins in November. And we'll talk about college basketball, but... We're not going to talk about it as much as we're talking about college football until the college football season starts to end. Same thing with the NFL and the NBA. But I just think the NBA has continued, while it's not as popular as the National Football League as a whole, I mean, I just think, because look at it. I mean, if you look at the last couple of years or so, remember, and maybe I would say go back, five, six, or seven years. Whenever we would have that game of the week or that big-time basketball game that would come on, right, it wouldn't be generally ABC, for instance, wouldn't pick up a Sunday basketball game until January 
after the or or February, as it were, after the football season has ended, especially obviously on a Sunday. I've talked about this a number of different times, uh, and, and more specifically going back to the COVID season in the NBA when the NBA played what amounted to the championship game, Lakers and Heat on a Sunday night up against the National Football League, which was which was a huge mistake. But now we're seeing Christmas is a big deal. Now, I mean, Christmas has is, is always sort of been, a, well, it's become more of a big deal, I would say, for the NBA. And now it's a really big deal where now the NFL is coming out with games on Christmas. We're going to have Christmas games this year. I mean, I think sometimes in years past you may have had some, you know, perhaps on a Sunday. But generally, the National Football League didn't do games on Christmas, especially if those games were doing during the week. Now we're seeing the NFL more so over the last couple of years having games on Christmas, regardless of whether it's on a Sunday or not. So the NBA is hot and heavy. I think the Kyrie KD situation up against uh, the 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 NBA draft. Uh, you're, you're talking about almost equal situation. I mean, the NBA draft was cool. You know, it was cool. I mean, you know, we, we, we've had better drafts in terms of talent in years past. I mean, I go back to the draft of, of Lonzo Ball, which was a tremendous draft. I thought Lonzo was going to be a tremendous player. I thought the Charlotte Hornets did the right thing, and he's become really a tremendous player. But I'm just saying this draft wasn't as good as other drafts. But still, nonetheless, the interest is there. You're looking towards the future the because these guys that are getting drafted are going to be future guys, future stars in the NBA. NBA is certainly hot and heavy. So we're going to talk some NBA here on the program as the NBA season is officially over, ended last Thursday with the Warriors' Game 6 victory over the Celtics to win Another championship, the fourth in seven years for the Warriors. But you still got all of the talk, and then free agency is coming up. And so we'll talk some, you know, Kyrie Irving. We'll talk some Kevin Durant here on the program. But I left you with this on last week. I'm going to pick it back up this week. Okay. Stephen Curry having now won. And again, Going back a couple of weeks ago, it was a hypothetical. I said, okay, if Steph Curry and the Warriors win the championship and Curry is named finals MVP, would he be a top 10 player? At that time, I said no, and it hadn't happened. Then last week, I posed the question to you, and I said I would talk about it this week. Now that it has happened, now that, Curry and the Warriors have won the NBA championship. Okay, and Curry was named finals MVP. Is Steph Curry now a top 10 player of all time? I'm going to break that down for you today here on the program. I'm going to give you my top 10 players also of all time. I've got a top 10 of all time that I think are the top 10 players of all time that may be different from some other lists that you've seen, right? I mean, as a as a as a huge NBA fan, one who's also covered the NBA, one who has watched the NBA, who studied the history 
of the NBA who have seen some of these top 75 players play. And as a matter of fact, as I kind of look at my list, I've got 10. I've really, really got 11. I had, I had, had a tie. And then I've got one, two, three others that are like would be next in line. I've seen, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine of the what amounts to 14 players. I've actually seen them, uh, I've watched them play in, you know, during my time. And I've seen, let's see, in person, I've seen one, whether covering or whether as a fan, one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, six of those players play, whether covering, uh, whether covering a, 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 an event, a game, you know, NBA finals, NBA all-star, whatever it may be, uh, six of those players I've seen or covered in, or, or as a fan in person, right? So, um, I think I've got some perspective, and I'm going to give you my top 10 play, who I think the top 10 players of all time are. And is Stephen Curry a part of that list? So you'll hear, you will hear that today here on the program. You can participate. Hit us up on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. So Kyrie Irving, ah. Oh. It seems like we've talked about, and, it, 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 and it's probably more than seems like, we've talked about Kyrie Irving all season long and not necessarily in the greatest light. We talked about his decision not to get vaccinated. Whatever you may have thought about New York City's rule, it was what it was. Um, we've, we've just, we've talked about James Harden, right? James Harden decided to leave that. That may have been in part because of Kyrie Irving or forced his way out, leave. I should say forced his way out, forced a trade, which ultimately netted the nets, if you will, Ben Simmons, who ultimately, or who decided or did not play. I'll just put it like that. He did not play. And now we're at it again because Kyrie wants a long-term deal or he wants to be he he wants to be dealt per Wojo, right? Per Wojo, he wants to be he wants to be dealt and he's named some teams that and this is again is per Wojo, right? That he's named some teams that if he can't reach an agreement with the Nets that he would like to go to. It sounds a lot like Russell Wilson, formerly of the Seahawks, who said, okay, well, I don't want to be traded, but if you're going to trade me, these are the teams that I would like to be traded to because he has a no-trade clause. And for Kyrie, those teams are the Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Heat, Mavs, and the 76ers. Now, I'm, I'm, that's interesting. The 76ers are interesting to me because I think, I, I'm, I thought, you know, I thought that's why James Harden left because of all of the shenanigans of Kyrie. It is happening again now. Kate, you know, we don't know. Will KD stay? I mean, listen, you know, I, th- I, I think 
KD and Ben Simmons, along with the other pieces, can be competitive enough. Okay, if I'm the Nets, I'm not giving Kyrie a long-term deal. Forget about that. You don't know if he's going to play. You know, he's injured. That's part of it. Sometimes he just goes off and does his own thing. I can't give a guy like that a long-term deal. He has a player option. I think it's for like $36 million to play this year. I mean, I think he's probably worth more than that considering what some of the other guys make. But if I'm the Nets, I cannot give Kyrie Irving a long-term deal. We can talk more about this a little bit later on as you've got it locked to Box to Row Radio, Sirius XM, channels 141, 142, and 84. Renaissance is the new Renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Available in fresh markets in Northern Virginia, Richmond, and Lynchburg. At Barrel and Bushel in Tyson's Corner Center. And in Total Wines throughout Virginia. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to row. Let's continue here on Box Row. We've got a friend of the program joining us as a matter of fact. On the line, we have a former athletic director at Howard, Delaware State, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. He's like 25 days or so on the job at his alma mater, North Carolina Central. He is the director of athletics there. He is Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins. He joins us here on Box to Row. Lewis, welcome to the program, man. Hey, Donald. Thank you for having me, man. Glad to be back. So let me start here. What, what are, you know, and I look at, I, I, look, I look at North Carolina Central as a model for how you can make a move from a lower division to Division One without having these problems of the APR and so forth. I, I listen to, I see all these schools that have had problems over the years, and I'm like, Central hasn't had that many problems. They've, they've been able to do it. Of course, it started with, with Bill Hayes and then Ingrid Wicker McCree and transitioned uh, to, from her now to you. But what are some of the first things you got to do uh, there at North Carolina Central to continue on the great trajectory uh, in terms of where you guys are now, which is, I think, in a pretty good position? Yeah, yeah. You know what? The, the best thing I would say, you know, I have to give my predecessor a tremendous amount of credit for, Dr. Uh, Wicker McCree, is she did a great job with the academic and compliance area. I mean, great point averages above a 3.0. We just received the conference award for the highest APR 
Uh, men's basketball had the highest APR. So, you know, we're in good standing, good strength, you know, in those areas. Um, I, I think now, and, you know, obviously we had a couple of sports with some winning records here and there. But um, I think for me now, as you, as you talk about being a Division One school for almost, you know, 15 years, it, it's a point now where our, our facilities kind of have to catch up with the academic prowess and all the different renovations and constructions that have been going across campus with the new, you know, living residence hall, with the new um, student center, nursing school, school business. So now it's time for us to kind of, you know, get into the uh, business of improving our, you know, athletic facilities to catch up with campus. But, you know, there's some things we do very, very well, some really good coaches, good staff, obviously, you know, very collegial atmosphere on campus. But, you know, that's it's an area we're going to really address, um, you know, in my tenure is, is going to be trying to upgrade our facilities. You know, it's interesting. And in, in prior to your stop here, you were in Morgan as the senior development director at Morgan State. Did a tremendous job at 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 the alma mater. I mean, my goodness, Morgan State is just I mean, it's just off the <laughs> chain in terms of raising yeah. money. And a lot of that had to do with you. But as an AD at two other MEAC schools, meaning Delaware State and Howard uh, and where the, the MEAC sits. So it seems like every so often we get these press releases that come from the conference that say the, the MEAC is, you know, the presidents and chancellors were all united and we, we had heard about Howard and Howard possibly leaving the CAA and all of that. W what are your thoughts in terms of where, and it, and it may be early, but where NCCU is positioned as a member of the MEAC and, and the future of the MEAC? Well, you know, um, you know, my first day on the job, I was down at uh, our MEAC meetings in Orlando. And um, that was actually just perfect timing, you know, regarding your question, because, you know, that, that was some of the conversation. And I can tell you what I saw and what I heard from the uh, president, CEOs, and my counterparts where, uh, you know, we're committed to our eight. Uh, the conferences, I mean, you know, there's some possibilities of maybe adding some schools. But right now, everyone's standing pat. Uh, we know we have a good product. Um, you know, there's some possibilities from certain schools adding more sports. But right now, the eight of us, we're the grade eight, and we're going to stick together. Um, you know, I hope for a long, long time, and maybe we add members. But right now, you know, we're stuck together. We're, um, we're thick. We're, we're tight together. So um, that was the reassurance I got across the board. And, you know, obviously, like everyone else, Donald, I've, I've heard a lot, you know, seen different interviews and different, you know, reports here and there. But to hear it from, you know, so-called the horse's mouth, you know, made me feel good. I, I think we're going to be eight strong for a while. Yeah, w which is good. I mean, I think, you know, I, lo I look at, you know, I listen, I hear all that as, as, a, as, a, as a graduate of Morgan State. You know, I want the MEAC to do well. It's no doubt about it. I think South Carolina State's win over Jackson State was absolutely huge. But uh, yeah. from a central perspective, I mean, and you've been in the MEAC. I mean, are there, I mean, are you, are you, you know, and I, you're you're new to the job. I get it, but I mean, are you satisfied with where the MEAC is? I mean, do you feel like there are some things that that the MEAC can improve upon? Well, we, we need. I, I would like for us to have more members, of course. I mean, you know, um, that, that stability, that continuity is wonderful. Um, I think our new commissioner, she's hit the ground running. I got to give uh, Miss Stills a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, I have the utmost confidence of her, and you know, I have many conversations with our chancellor. And he's, uh, you know, he obviously talks to his counterparts, and we really feel good about that. I think all eight schools bring something different to the table. Um, I think they're all strong. Um, they're all competitive in a number of sports. And I think right now this is what we have, and we're going to be fine. 
I don't um, improvement as far as to say, you know, I look at it like this too, Donald. You know, when it comes to revenue sharing, we're getting a bigger piece of the pie now with eight yeah. members compared to 13. So I do like that too. But, um, you know, I think she has us in the right direction. And I don't think it's an improvement per se, but I think it would be nice if we were maybe at maybe 10 schools and maybe there'll be some associate members in certain sports against the 10. But I, I am completely comfortable uh, with our near future with our sister institutions. Yeah, and one thing to be said, I mean, there's no doubt that the MEAC financially is solvent. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins is the new athletics director at North Carolina Central. He joins us here on Box to Row. Very glad to have him on the program. What are your thoughts? I have some, I have some thoughts on the NIL and the transfer portal. My goodness. What, what are your thoughts in terms of the NIL as it sits right now? I, I'm supportive of it. I, I'm pro NIL, um, NLI, but my, my name is likeness. I apologize. But my problem is right now, I don't think we have enough um, guardrails, enough safe rails. Um, I think it kind of still separates the haves and the have-nots. And I think we're going to look down the road and we're going to have some violations unless we really kind of clean this up because, you know, the wrong institution with the wrong booster can really take advantage of this like no other way. I mean, it kind of really reminds me of this is a, almost a form of the Reggie Bush fiasco of many years ago. And, uh, you know, a really cold and calculated person could get away with some things here. And, um, you know, and, and that's their business. But I think it just separates the have and have not. And I don't think it's clear and concise yet, but more than necessary and more than mandatory for the future of athletics. You know, the old way in terms of, of transferring was, was much different, you know, uh, especially when I was in athletic administration than it is obviously now. I mean, and as, an, as a former person that's been in athletic administration, I, I look at this and I'm like, wow. But I, I don't know, what are, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal? A lot of times or sometimes the transfer portal in the NIL are tied together. But your thoughts yep. on the transfer portal, are you in favor of where it is now? Just just your thoughts on the transfer portal. You know what? It, it, it's a uh, catch-22 because it, it's, it's how do we tell these young blue-chip student-athletes that, you know, they can't pop in the portal and transfer when we have coaches that go through a strong recruiting class and then they leave with a drop of a dime. So – you know, it, it all has to be fair across the board. And the only thing I would say is, uh, for some of our young people, I think they're quick to make a move and, you know, just to think the grass on the, is green on the other side. And if we're looking at the transfer portal, I think we need to look at some of the statistics. And I think many people will see um, what our research has shown, that most students that get in the transfer portal that have a scholarship don't necessarily get another scholarship. So, you know, it can be a sense of fool's goal and I think they need to uh, be a little patient with it. And I know that's easier said than done, but the portal, um, it, it's tough for coaches. Um, it's supposed to be a benefit for student-athletes, but I don't think that it's, it's that it, – it's just easier said than done. And um, just because you get the portal doesn't mean you're going to find a home. It doesn't mean you're going to find a scholarship. So then you're, you're almost going backwards in many regards. Man, I've known you for many years, right? I didn't know you were a four-year captain at your alma mater <laughs> in tennis. I mean, you, so you you must – I mean, you were a pretty good tennis player, right? No, nah, not, not bad at all. Not bad at all. I had some really good teammates and a good coach, and our conference was super competitive, man. We had some really good – you know, that was the back of the days when the CIAA, you know, we had 14 schools, 
Hampton was a top five school, um, you know, and the rest of us were really just fighting for that second place. But it was it was it was fearless and it was tough competition. You know, every conference match we had. You know what it's like for these student athletes at North Carolina Central, having been one yourself and a star one uh, at that. But what does it mean to you to be back at your alma mater at North Carolina Central in Durham and being the head of a, an athletics department that, again, I mean, I look across. I mean, it, to me, it's a, it's in a lot of ways, especially from an academic standpoint, a model uh, for uh, div- division one, smaller division one schools, uh, specifically HBCUs. But what does that mean to you to be back at NCCU? Man, you know what? I, I have to pinch myself sometimes. Sometimes I wake up and I see myself. I'm, I'm smiling like a Cheshire cat, man. I'm, I'm so, uh, you know, happy and proud to be able to come back here, man. But it, it's, it's all because of the grace of God. My parents and my time as an undergrad and graduate student here have, have built me this opportunity. And then obviously having a chance to go to some other schools and to compete against my school, you know, it was always tough. But I, I never imagined that I would be sitting in this chair, um, never in a, in a million years. And it's a, it's a surreal experience. And I, I can't wait to really start competing in the fall and, and getting into it, you know, homecomings and all those kind of things, competing for championships. But, but right now it, it, it's business as usual, um, trying to get us to the point where we can be successful, but, Oh, man, it, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful feeling, and you know I try to uh, I try to be one of those people that that's never too high, never too low. Don't let it get to my head, but it is definitely very very rewarding. And uh, you know my son who's on campus, you know he's in Durham, he's quite frequently, and he goes through some of the buildings in our building, and he sees my picture and he just laughs. It's, it's kind of <laughs> funny, uh, you know, to be able to have that experience. Like, why is your picture up here, man? Just to you know, those type of things, man, are, are really, really cool experiences. And, um, you know, this is something, you know, obviously I'll, I'll never forget. And as long as I'm here, my job is to make this place better than it was when I got here. And that's going to be tough because um, my predecessor did a great job. That is awesome. Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins, the new athletics director at North Carolina Central University, joins us here on Box to Rose. Been on the job about 25 days or so, Lewis, appreciate the time, man. I'm, I, I owe you lunch, and, uh, you know, we're here in Raleigh. I'm going to come on over to Durham, and we'll go to Dillard's or, or, or Saltbox or something like that, man, and, uh, you know, get us, get us some good vittles. You tell me when and where, man, and thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it, and you're like my brother, good Morgan alum, so I, I, I promise go easy on you guys when we compete against them, all right? <laughs> good stuff with Lewis Perkins, athletics director at North Carolina Central. We'll be back. A couple of weeks ago here on the program, I was talking about the legacy of Steph Curry and what if Steph Curry did win another NBA Finals and an NBA Finals MVP. And it's interesting how much difference two weeks makes because all of that was what if. And I didn't know if the Warriors could win that championship and win another championship so a lot of what I was saying was predicated on the fact that the Warriors hadn't done it but what if right so now we're here this is the thing we're here now and the what if has become a reality the Warriors won the championship Steph Curry was named NBA Finals MVP so I think a lot of the knock on him 
was erased in terms of you, you look at the Kevin Durant years. You look at the year in 2015 when the Warriors won the championship and there and LeBron didn't have he wasn't he didn't have Kyrie, he didn't have Kevin Love. That was sort of a knock plus Stephen Curry did not win the NBA Finals MVP. It was Iguodala who won that MVP. And so we've gotten to this point and a couple of weeks ago I said that Steph Curry, if Golden State won the championship, if Curry was named the NBA Finals MVP, still was not, would not be one of the top 10 players of all time. Two weeks later, have I changed my, the question now is, have I changed my mind or have I changed my opinion? If you go back to two weeks ago, the reason or one of the reasons that I said that Steph Curry was one of the reasons that I thought that Curry was not a top 10 player of all time was because a lot of times we're prisoners of the moment. We talk about the here and now and we forget about what has happened. I thought that we needed some time. There needed to be some time before we could actually say, even if that came to fruition, which it did, and Curry still has some game left. The Warriors still have some game left. As I mentioned last week, I mean, you look at the pieces, or everybody's, you know, you look at everybody that's coming back, plus you add a James Weissman to that mix. I mean, I think that the Warriors are poised to repeat as champions. So at the end of the day, we can talk about the championship that the Warriors got making four for Steph Curry and the NBA Finals MVP that he got, but his story is still being written. That's the thing, and that's what I I tried to convey a couple of weeks ago, that, hey, we we don't know. Like, let's talk about this 10, 15, 20 years from now. Would Steph Curry be a top 10 player? Now, I will say this, and... And I'm going to tell you if I still think that that is the case. I'm going to give you my list of of my top 10 players of all time. And I'm going to tell you why I think those players are top 10 players of all time. And you will find out whether Steph Curry is included in that list. I would say this. If he goes on to win a fifth championship, let's say it happens. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen next year, but it happens in the next couple of years. He gets an NBA Finals MVP, I could change my tune a little bit, even though the time would not have elapsed. Like I said, it'd have to be 10, 15, 20 years from now. Perhaps my thoughts change if he gets another one in the next couple of years. And I think, you know, I, I, I and I, I don't want to give it away. I'm going to tell you if I think he is or not. But, with that, I think extremely impressive. I mean, it wasn't like when in 2015, you could have argued that he could have been the NBA Finals MVP. I think what uh, Andre Iguodala did and his defense that he played specifically against LeBron James, the points that he was able to manufacture on top of that, I think you had to, and I even remember thinking at the time that Iguodala should be the MVP, and he was voted MVP. This was clear-cut. 
okay? The championship this time around for the Warriors was clear-cut that Steph Curry was the best player on the floor, and it wasn't even close. We can talk about Andrew Wiggins and what he did. You can even, I mean, Draymond, except with the exception of that one game, was pretty solid. There was no doubt. Steph Curry left no doubt that he was the best player on the floor throughout the course of the 2022 NBA Finals. That said, let me give you my list. I'm going to go from 1 to 10. Greatest player of all time, in my mind, is Michael Jordan. Six championships, 6-0 and in championship games or championship finals or series. Uh, two different, uh, almost two different eras, although he did it with his coach, Phil Jackson, who was there for all six, and with Scottie Pippen also. I mean, you can look at the first time around. It was Horace Grant the second time around. Dennis Rodman, you know, had Paxson one time, Steve Kerr another time. But, I mean, the constant with Jordan was Pippen and Jackson. What he was able to do for the game also, like Magic and Bird saved the NBA. The NBA was in disarray before and, and was on the brink of not being a league anymore before Magic and Bird entered the league. Showtime definitely changed things. I think the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics changed things. And then Magic and Bird, along with Dr. J, along with Dr. J, who was part of the older guard, Right. And then Jordan helped to save the NBA and then Jordan took it to another level. MJ, number one, number two, LeBron James, four championships. I mean, you know, the argument is greatest player. And I think when you talk about greatest to me, it's not just about the skill level. I think if you talked skill level. Who's the greatest player to ever play from a skills perspective? I would say it's LeBron James from a purely skills perspective. Great defender, phenomenal scorer, excellent with the ball. Greatest meaning skill player to me would be LeBron. We're talking about greatest player, like the championships, the elevation of the game. You know, certainly LeBron has helped to elevate the game in more than just on the court, but off the court as well. Uh, But LeBron, no doubt. To me, number two player, greatest player of all time. Number three, for me, I've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Currently, the leading scorer in the history of the NBA. Six MVPs. Six. He's got six also championships. Again, greatest scorer to ever play. What a career. Uh, To me, it is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at number three. Number four, I've got Magic. Five championships. Changed the whole dynamic of the point guard position. Changed the game in a lot of respects. When you talk about Showtime, one of the greatest eras ever in basketball, along with Larry Bird and with Dr. J, helped to save the NBA Five championships, MVPs, uh, to me, finals MVPs. I I go with Magic at number four. At number five, I've got Wilt. Wilt Chamberlain, 
A lot of the knock on Wilt, only two championships. But he's got two, right? There's players that don't have any. He's got two. I mean, you talk about scoring, the basketball, rules changes, the game. They, they, they had to had to change the rules in a, in a lot of respects, even with the free throw. Like, you couldn't just, you know, you, you had to, uh, you couldn't leave the free throw line uh, before the ball hit the rim if you were the free throw shooter because of Wilt. That's a Wilt rule. You know, I mean, dunking, it, it was outlawed. It went, Wilt Chamberlain changed the game. He had two championships. Also, I got to go Wilt at number five. At number six, I've got Bill Russell. 11 championships. Talk about those great, I mean, maybe the, maybe the great, maybe the greatest run in terms of championships in the history of sports, the Boston Celtics. 11 championships in the era of, of Bill Russell, right? That's a great, great run. Great defender. Maybe not the best offensive player, but you just talk about the game and great test players. Greatest doesn't mean best skill level. It means different. It, it, it means all. It means player and what you. I think to me, what you did for the game. Okay, and to me, Bill Russell. I had him at number six. Number seven. I've got Kobe. Five championships. And think about this. We forget about this with Kobe. Like, you talk about all these other players. MJ had Scotty, right? LeBron, um, you know, in those two championships had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Magic had Kareem. He had Worthy, you know. Uh, but Bill Russell, I mean, Bill Russell, I mean, you know, Sam Jones and others, right? Larry Bird, Mikhail, Parrish. Now, Kobe's three championships with Shaq, fine. Kobe had his best player was Paul Gasol. Okay, not Paul Gasol, no slouch, definitely a Hall of Famer, but not to the caliber of a what Jordan, what Pippen was to Jordan. Not on that level. Great defender, was like Mike in almost every way. Phenomenal jump shot, great player. Maybe should be higher, but I've got him at number seven. Number eight, I've got Larry Bird, three championships. Larry Bird was an ex was a, was a an excellent defender, court awareness, great jump shot. He was a great player at the time. I think we forget at the time of how great Larry Bird really was, and along with Magic and with Dr. J, helped to save the league. At number nine, uh, number nine, I've got Tim Duncan, five championships, two MVPs, a couple of uh, uh, multiple, I should say. Uh, finals MVPs, just a phenomenal player, maybe the best power, probably the best power forward to ever play the game. At number 10, I've got a tie. Like, I I couldn't go. I've got Oscar Robertson and Jerry West. I probably would have gone with Jerry West over Robertson, maybe, except that Robertson not only was a triple-double machine, a great player, he's got, they each have one championship, but also, Oscar Robertson has a league MVP where Jerry West doesn't. And, by the way, Jerry, but also with Jerry West, the only player ever to win an NBA Finals MVP without, without winning an NBA Finals. By the way, Jerry West is the logo. So I, ha- I, I couldn't, I mean, it, it was hard to go between taking one over the other 
and I took both. On the outside looking in, you know, I've got Shaq. I've got Akeem Olajuwon. You know, I've got Kevin Durant. Um, I, I still, I, you know, and I said a couple of weeks ago that I would have Kevin Durant over. I would have Kevin Durant over Steph Curry. Okay, we've got that settled. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk about why Steph Curry is not in my top 10 currently. And you'll find out if I still have Durant I'm on my over against the wild. Steph Curry. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> Hello, this is Janelle Monet. This is Omari Hardwick. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. The girl rocking the scene of the mic, y'all. This is Simone Biles. You know what it is. This is the one and only Double G. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row with the Radio Boss. Tune in if you want to catch the best BEST interview ever. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. 800-450-1452. 800-450-1452. That's 800-450-1452. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donna Ware. Back here on the program. So on the other side, I gave my top 10 players of all time. I've got Michael Jordan. I've got LeBron. I've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Magic. Wilt. At number six, I've got Bill Russell. Seventh, Kobe. Eight, Larry Bird. Nine, Tim, Tim Duncan. And at number 10, I've got both, or tied for 10, both Oscar Robertson and Jerry West. I do not have Steph Curry in my top 10, and I'm going to tell you why. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going again, to stick to this. We're, it, it's still, Steph Curry's story is still being written right now. I get it. There's only one player in this top 10 that could rewrite or continue to write their story, and that would be LeBron. And to me, LeBron, now, could LeBron ascend to number one? I mean, I don't think he can at this point in his career, and there's going to be a lot of people. I think it depends upon the era that you came up in, whether you say it's LeBron James or whether you say it's MJ. I mean, I would have, I mean, to me, it's got to be MJ for the reasons that I mentioned before. Uh, but LeBron's right there. If, let's say he got another championship, it would give him five. I mean, I, and he would have done it with three different teams. I think that counts for something. Uh, but I, I still like, for my money, I still like MJ. But I think you could, you could, you could almost go either way. I could understand an argument either way. My argument's going to be for MJ, and I think 
that it depends upon the era in which you came up in, whether you go with MJ and LeBron. So, Le- I mean, everybody else on this list that I mentioned uh, have retired or long retired. So nobody else can really write their, not really, nobody else can write their legacy that's on this list. I think it's too soon, uh, as I've continued to state. I think that, I mean, if I were to, and I've heard people say, okay, well, you know, it, it, who, because anytime you have a list like this and, and one person's not in it, it's like, okay, who are you going to take out of the list to put that person on the list? I've heard people say Wilt Chamberlain, which I'm like, I mean, I, and I never saw Wilt play. Again, I'm, I have to look at the history and some of the film I've seen and some of the studying that I've done and all of those things. I mean, I just don't see how you could replace Wilt. I mean, if anybody, hmm, you know, I mean, it, it'd have to be, to me, Oscar Robertson. It'd have to be, you know, Jerry West in my list, or it'd have to be um, uh, perhaps Tim Duncan. Like Larry Bird, Kobe, those, I mean, those names are cemented. I mean, I don't even think, when I think about those names, and of course at the top with MJ Magic, LeBron, all of what they did, you know, Kareem, Bill Russell, for the game. Like, you could come along with somebody better, maybe as good as LeBron, okay, in in theory. But I I just don't see how you could ever replace those guys. I mean, you're just talking about phenomenal players. But, of course, you know, as great as we thought those players, we thought Kareem was great. You know, Kareem may have been number one at the list before, you know, uh, uh, MJ came around before, you know, LeBron, et cetera, et cetera. So you, it's, they're always going to be great players that play in the league. I mean, there's nobody to me other than Steph that could even, you know, I mean, you know, you could look at Luke. I mean, he's still got a lot of playing days left. There's a lot of really good young players in the league. Okay. But again, for me, Steph Curry, you can't, I mean, what bad can you say about Steph Curry? That's the thing about, first of all, comes from a small school in Davidson. We got to acknowledge that. He's a North Carolina native, right? We're, of course, based here in Raleigh. We always like to give shots out and, and, uh, and, and, and of course, respect to, um, to those in this, in this great state. Uh, but look, you know, you're, you're, you're going to ask me, to put, I mean, I, no way in the world I would put Steph over MJ, LeBron, Magic, Wilt, Bill Russell, Kareem, you know, Larry Bird, Kobe. You know, I, I, you could make the argument about Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Tim Duncan. I mean, you look at, first of all, Oscar Robertson and Jerry West, I think, again, who I had tied at number 10. You look at four NBA championships, those gentlemen had one apiece. Uh, as I mentioned, Jerry West never even had a league MVP, although he's the logo of the league. That accounts for something. While Oscar Robertson was a triple-double machine, great player, uh, teamed up with then Lou Alcindor, as we know him now, as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, along with Bobby Dandridge to win that NBA championship in Milwaukee back in 1971. So, I mean, I can make the argument. But again, those players were great players of their era. And that's why I continue to say you you cannot just say, and, and and yeah, so we could say LeBron, like like you could okay. So I'm I'm saying, well, 
you, you probably are asking, well, how can you say Steph is but not LeBron? Well, LeBron is on a whole different level than Steph Curry is. He's on a whole different level. You could talk about Steph Curry and revolutionizing the game in, the three, in, in terms of the three-point shot and the jump shot. And, you know, he's not just a jump shooter. He is an, a, a, a tremendous scorer, um, tremendous with his ball handling ability. I wouldn't call him a point guard. I mean, I know, I know he's playing the position of point guard when you have to have a point guard, shooting guard, guard, small forward, power forward, center, right? But the NBA is becoming, as as basketball as a whole, becoming much more of a posi- positionless game. So he's not really a true point guard. He plays the point guard position. Okay. That said, um, that said, you know, I, I think that eventually. Right. And if he gets one more championship, you know, let's have that. Let's have this conversation when he gets one more championship. I may be willing to to sort of to 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 make um, that concession if he gets another championship. But I think if you look at the legacy of an Oscar Robertson, you look at the legacy uh, of a Jerry West. Obviously, you look at the legacy of a Tim Duncan and then you look at the legacy of all of these players that I've mentioned. Okay. To me, I cannot put Steph Curry in that top 10 category as we currently sit. Let's look, let's rem, let's look back on his greatness in 10 years. And then let's uh, look at re-ranking uh, this because I don't think there's going to be anybody in the next 10 years that will say okay, this person will have surpassed any of the top 10 players that I had on the list. By the way, I think I mentioned I did have, you know, outside looking in, KD, Shaq, Hakeem Olajuwon. I also have Elgin Baylor on the list. I realize he didn't win a championship. He retired the year before the Lakers won the championship in 72. Unfortunately, he had the Achilles injury. He was already up in age. But if you look at the history of Elgin Baylor, ha, Elgin Baylor was a phenomenal players I have him on the outside looking in now begs the oh and by the way I'm sorry I I said no players now KD could uh, write his legacy into that top 10 as well currently as we sit remember I said I would put KD ahead of Steph Curry I said that a couple of weeks ago okay now with another championship, so you've got the whole KD thing off your back if you're Steph Curry. Now it's not like, okay, KD carried this team to the championship while, you know, Steph was an was a, a integral part of that. Obviously, he had some, some games where he wasn't great in those NBA finals where KD was great. And then the next year, you look at losing a Klay Thompson and, and more specifically Kevin Durant and uh, Golden State loses the championship or loses the finals to the Toronto Raptors. Um, has, with this, has Curry surpassed Durant? Mm. That's much tougher. That's much tougher. I, 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 I still can't, mm, I still can't say that yet. I, I Not yet. Um, Again, you know, I look at I look at Katie and I think you have to also look into this. Look at this. The international play to me comes into it. Not 
not a whole lot or not as much as just playing in the league. But if I look at Kevin Durant, I look at the gold medals, and I look at him putting Team USA on his back in last year's Olympic Games to carry, okay, to carry USA to the gold. I got to look at that. Got to look at the scoring championships. Got to look at the two NBA finals we can talk about. He left uh, OKC and all of that. I don't care about any of that. Uh, To me, at the end of of the day, did you win a championship or not, and were you a hanger-on, or were you an integral part of winning the championship? Not only was KD an integral part of Golden State winning the championship, he may have been the reason why Golden State won the championship. And let's not forget, you can talk about the 73 wins in the 2016 season. Golden State did not complete what you need. They They didn't win the championship. Best regular season of all time, didn't win the championship. Went out and got KD the next year. Won two straight championships. Might have won a third had KD not gotten injured. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Dr. Lewis Skip Perkins, the athletics director at North Carolina Central, for joining us on the program. Save the date, especially for those living in Raleigh, Durham, the Triangle, and North Carolina. Our countdown to kickoff will take place on in Raleigh, On Saturday, July the 23rd, we're going to have more details on our website at BoxToRow.com. The HBCU coaches from across the state will be there to participate in our annual countdown to kickoff. Save the date, July 23rd. And always remember to support those that support your box. Togo is produced by DW Communications.